because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, welcome to another Baseball Op podcast. I'm going to have an interesting show today. I'm excited to bring on Chad Hildsman. Um, he reached out to me the other day, and we were talking about his career and Thought he had a good story. I think uh, definitely a good message here to tell, and uh, I'm a kind of I'm interested, really interested in that message and learning more. So I'll be learning with everyone else out there as we go through this. How's it going, Chad? It's going great. How about you? So, talk about uh, tell everybody how old you are. Uh, I'm 18 years old currently. So you're 18, and yes. are you currently still playing? I'm still playing baseball. Where are you playing? Uh, right now, I'm playing for East Cobb during the high school season. There's a league j- composed of teams who just are made up of homeschool kids and kids that don't want to play for their high schools for whatever reason, and I'm playing on one of the East Cobb teams right now. Okay, cool. cool. So talk about how where you where you are in your career. Like what um, What's kind of the, the message that you wanted to get out today? Talk about how all that has manifested through your career. Um, I'd definitely say – don't give up because when I was 17, um, a year, literally a year ago, I had Tommy John and literally my whole recruiting got put on pause because coaches couldn't see me play. And just recently in January, I was cleared. And it's still, it's still a little bit harder to get coaches to see me play right now, but mainly because they're in college season. But that's def, it's definitely – if you have time to achieve your goals, go for it. So you're so – you're, 18, this would be your senior year in high school? Yes, sir. And you, you, when, when, what was the date you had Tommy John surgery? Uh, March 7th, 2018. So you literally just had it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that stinks. And, and kind of what's the, um, what's the prognosis as far as how much time right now? I mean, they got you on the regular, you know, year and a half till you can get back to competition kind of thing? Or. Well, I had it in 2018, last year. Oh, okay. So, oh, so was, you're a year into it. Okay, yeah. okay. It was, a, it was about a 10-month recovery. All right. So you, for a catcher. So you, that's why you're at that point and you're starting to play again. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. So what kind of led to that? So you were technically, what, 17 when you had the, the injury? Injury. Yeah, it was right after I turned 17, too. So what what do you think happened? So why, why at 17 years old do you have, which used to be a career-ending injury, now people are accepting to be conventional wisdom which it shouldn't be and, and i think that's your message today but talk about like how did this happen how do you think you got here um i would say when i was a little kid probably 11 i remember just throwing a nine ounce weighted ball and then eventually i 11 i started pitching and catching and really becoming a versatile player at that age so if i was mainly catching i wasn't catching i was pitching and if I wasn't doing one of those two, I was somewhere else. But before I'd pitch, I'd throw a nine-ounce ball a little bit, maybe throw it off the mound for a few throws, and then go to a regular baseball. And that probably did a lot of damage to my arm, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, 11 is, is pretty young. Like, starting to throw a weighted ball at 11, was that something that you 
wanted to do or, or, or is it something that you felt like your coaches were maybe pushing you to do? I really don't even remember at the time, honestly. I was just a little kid not knowing any better, just thinking, okay, why not try it? Was it was it something – where do you think you'd seen it first? Is it something you saw on your team or something you saw on the internet? Like how, how do you think the you – On a team. So you saw yeah. other guys doing it. I did. And yeah. and what made it intriguing to you? Uh, just because I remember someone saying, well, yeah, you know, it's heavier. So if you throw that, a baseball is going to feel lighter and you'll throw it faster. And I was like, oh, okay. So you, you're probably a guy who's pretty driven and, and you wanted to – to have success so you probably if anything when you do something you probably overdo it right uh, definitely so that that's just put I mean, which is not a bad thing i mean it's not a bad thing to be an overachiever i'm an overachiever but i also tore my rotator cuff at 18 kind of doing the same thing <laughs> here but it allows me it's allowed me to really become the coach i am which if i could have stayed healthy or healthier could have helped me become maybe even even better player so it's not a bad thing it's just when you get a hold of something that um, is risk, then all of a sudden it can become a bad thing. And do you feel like that's kind of what, what happened? I do because I remember using it from 11 till the last time I pitched, I was 15. So even then, from 11 to 15, that's a long time. And then I remember when I was misdiagnosed with a UCL sprain for four months, um, if not the physical therapist who rehabbed my Tommy John, but a different guy. He had me throw a little bit of underweighted and overweighted weighted balls when I was recovering from a what they thought was a sprained UCL, and actually I wound up having two partial tears in my UCL. And how old were you then? Uh, I was I was seventeen then. Yeah, I had Tommy John at seventeen years old. So, but when they misdiagnosed you with the sprain, you were seventeen. Yes. Okay. So you're at seventeen. You have a physical therapist advising you to use weighted balls. Yeah, I no longer see that therapist. Right. So, and that's interesting. So, you have a UCL sprain, and they're advising you to throw with an added weight or even a lighter weight. You know, both. Right. Which the the lighter weight actually shows to have more torques, but the heavier weight, the balance is, is the lighter weight can show higher peak torques. The heavier weight can show more torques over time, even though they're lower. So, either way. You know, when you have a sprain, it's probably best to avoid any high stress throwing and just really focus on strengthening and, and mechanical improvements. But I mean, I'm sure you were doing some of that. It's just it is the question is, at that point, is it still a good idea to do a weighted ball? That that's a that's a question. So you would say no, is what you're saying? I uh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so talk about when you started doing that. So I mean, I, I want to talk about the education here as well because we're educating everybody on this. You know, the, the second most throws on a field are a catcher. And Correct. most throws on the field are a pitcher at the time. So the combination of pitcher to catcher, I think, makes you like eight times more likely to have injuries. So it is considered a higher risk doing that. And then on top of that, you're throwing weighted balls. And I know there is studies showing you're at higher risk throwing weighted balls. We do need more studies on that. But we do have at least one study looking at the, uh, as far as the injury risk of it, over a six-week period Think of the six weeks. I'm already forgetting how it goes, but so we do have one study on that. Um, so you're right. You were you were you kind of laying it on yourself. Plus you throw a lot. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to take out of this. Well, oh, he just overthrew. But how many people do you think out there are probably doing what you were doing growing up in baseball? I mean, 
I can think of a few people right off the top of my head who were pitchers and catchers growing up and still are. I can't really think of – I can think of people who do weighted balls right even right now, but I can't really think of anyone who, do, who did all of those right. together. So you're, do you feel like if you avoided one, if you would have avoided, say, the weighted ball or if you would have avoided pitching and catching together, you think that would have been a huge difference for your health? I think it would have been a pretty big difference. I'm not sure if it would have been the difference between me having surgery or not, but it really would have been a difference in the severity of my injury for sure. Okay. So when when did um when did in that process from 11 on did you start experiencing arm pain? Uh when I first hurt my UCL. And that was at 17. Yep. So all those throws from 11 to 17, no pain until that strain yeah that just kind of came out of the blue one day you had a little tweak it did i mean i threw a ball from right field to home and they just felt weird didn't think anything of it caught a game the next day caught two games the day after that and i was lifting weights and then i realized oh man i tore this thing two three days ago i just didn't realize it until it felt to give out cool well not cool but um yeah so i think this is but here's the thing as much as yeah you were overdoing it it's still going to be common i mean i still believe your story is going to be common um and i think hopefully it will get those two who are doing that you know maybe pitching and catching who are throwing say high stress you know max distance high intent weighted balls you know just high intent say running gunning on top of pitching and catching i think you do need to listen to your story and, and and pull it back wouldn't you say i agree um a lot of me i was always throwing tra- because i mean travel ball is really competitive in georgia i'm not gonna lie and if if you're not getting better someone else is and if you just you're always practicing and practicing especially because high school we start in january so by the time you get done with fall ball in october you got to start getting ready for high school ball in November, which you're going to be throwing five, six days a week during high school ball in Georgia. Right. So we need to take off seasons. We need to take seasons. Like ASMI says, we can't, if we throw more than eight months out of the year, we're five times more likely to have injury. And if we throw fatigued, we're 36 times more likely to have injury. So if we're constantly throwing, we're going to be in fatigue a lot. And if we throw more than eight months out of the year, but that means we're not taking a four month off season to allow allow our bodies to rest and recover and rebuild and then that's where we can do things like work on the body and build it stronger and faster and more efficient. And we can work on things like mechanics. How much time do you think you spent work in good off seasons in your career working on those things? I'd say um, one true off season for about three months, and that was coming. That was when I had Tommy John. Right. So, and what did you do in that off season? Um, with my physical therapist and my strength trainer, completely forearm, every muscle, grip in your shoulder, lower body, core, literally every, everything. I mean, a lot of the rehab after I was able to start lifting weights again, it was pec, tricep, forearm, shoulder, scaps. So this was, was after just, the, 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 the supposed uh, strain, which you, you said was a, a tear actually? This was actually this was after my actual surgery. Oh, then you started doing that. So the only time you took an off season to work on this was after you tore it. 
that was the only true offseason I had where I wasn't throwing, wasn't right. hitting. And this, just this, dude, this makes a great point because, you know, a lot of people, the, the legend or the, the belief is that when you have Tommy John, you come back throwing harder. And actually what happens is what's going on with you is it's the first time you actually take an off season to work on all your problems. Exactly. <laughs> My surgeon, he goes, yeah, he goes, see, people are wondering why you guys come back from Tommy John throwing so much harder. No, it's because you, okay, take a random kid, put him in a splint for a week, have him work from his range of motion in his arm to his forearm strength and all his shoulder strength. He goes, but none of these kids want to take that time off for like six months. And to do that whole process of having pretending to have Tommy John. Right. And so that's your story. I mean, that to me, that's your message, right? Is, is say, Hey guys, like, you know, you need to put those off seasons in now before you tear something, before you ruin yourself because it's going to be so much, you're going to be so much better off in your career, right? You really will. And I mean, I remember the throwing program I had to do was 20 weeks long. And then I had to do another program program for uh, just to throw to my knees to second base again. That was another six weeks. But that 20 week long program, I have it on my phone. I can read out loud. But it's truly a huge progression. I remember showing it to one of my old coaches, and he said, gosh, after this program, I don't know how people, how you'd ever have another arm injury again. <laughs> but yeah. it's just 20 throws at 45 feet. Then a few days later, you go to 30 throws, and then you go back down and up. So at any time you go back in distance, you go down in number of throws by like 10 for the most part. Then around week 10, you just start playing catch for like eight minutes, eight, 10 minutes. It's literally like a Christmas tree shape. I can email it to you if you want to look at it. No, I've seen them. That's a a pretty common throwing progression post Tommy John surgery. Yeah, I think it's important because what the purpose of that approach is, okay, let's start to prepare the tissue to handle the the torques and the stress again. So it's a good like seasonal progression but the, the the question is 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 that enough to prevent re-injury and or if you're someone who's never had an injury is that enough to prevent it it's it's not because if you have poor like things that correlate to injury poor hip to shoulder separation you know you have uh weak upper body strength weak you know the point is like all the things that studies show linked to injury if, if you have that, a throwing progression isn't going to fix those problems. It will prepare you for stress, but it's not going to fix any deficiencies and dysfunctions that you have, right? I totally agree because, I mean, my surgeon said, do everything that you were doing before surgery or what, before you recovered, after you recovered. He said, still do your pre-throwing, still do your post-throwing, still work on your mechanics. That's the stuff that, not only helps um, a person who had Tommy John recover well, but that's something that also keeps them stronger and keeps them in the shape that they were right after they had surgery. Right. So I think, you know, and it's it's also a time in our lives where we become more self-aware because we're forced to, right? Our body doesn't want to ultimately do that to itself again. So your body starts feeling anxiety and feeling a lot of things of it telling you, you need to, understand this better because if not you're going to walk back into it again and i think it's a great time in your career i mean it's a different time it's a challenging time 
but it's a great time because you become more self-aware and you start learning the things that you should have been doing better or the things that you're having problems with that need to be improved. And, and that's yeah. a big leap in your career. A lot of guys want to quit at that point. But if you really love this game and you're passionate about it, it's an opportunity to take it to another level. And it, it sounds like that's where you are. Don't you think you're kind of in that place? I really am in that place. And with, I mean, truly, I worked for Perfect Game over summer, and I, t- I talked to plenty of college coaches and pro scouts just scoring games. And I, or even a few parents, when they heard my story, they'd be like, oh, so you're done. No, I'm not done. I, I'm, I'm, I recovered in January, last January. I still have time. Not much time, but I still have time. Yeah, man. I mean, so I walked on. I walked on a professional field at 26 years old. You're fine. You know, it's not <laughs> ideal. It's not ideal, and it was really, really extremely hard. But if the game's not over until you say it's over, there's many ways to play the game. And uh, yeah, that's a good attitude. But you do know, and your your body's aware that you know it, it's a different game now for you. It's going to feel different when you play it. You're you're going to think different. You're going to prepare different. So it is a bit of a different game, but if it's something you still love and you're passionate about, you can now you're going to have more information to help you through it. It really is a different game. I remember my first day of therapy, uh, my physical therapist who's just basic range of motion stuff, and he's moving my arm for me because I can't really move it under my own power. And he says, "Tell me when it feels uncomfortable, and tell me when you feel almost the slightest bit of pain." And I said. He barely moves my arm, probably like two degrees. I was like, okay, that feels uncomfortable. And he goes, if you don't work hard enough, it may never feel comfortable again, no matter what you do. Yeah. Because everything you're going to earn in rehab because it's just not going to be given to you. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to get to work with Chris Medlin, who had two Tommy Johns back-to-back. Could you imagine that? He came back, I think, for a month, and he blew it out again. And then had to go right back into Tommy John for another year and a half. Could you imagine that? I couldn't. And it, it devastated him. And brutal, like just meeting him after all that and just seeing the kind of stress he's been through over those years, um, five-year period, was extremely hard on him. But the coolest thing was seeing him come out of it, seeing him come out of it and, and learning how to take better care of himself, learning how to – optimize his biomechanics so he doesn't put all that stress on his on his arm and and seeing him pitch a full season of 110 innings after two tommy johns in a row um was pretty exciting for me for him so there's huge hope in all of this it's just the lesson is for those listening you don't have to go this road like everybody is just accepting right now you need to be proactive you need to do things like learn your mechanics learn how to optimize your athleticism, your body. Uh, learn how to not overthrow. Learn to listen yes. to your body. Learn to take an off-season. Learn to create seasons, off-season, pre-season, in-season, not play, 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 play. Learn to go for the long-term goal of, of where you want to end your career and not just focusing on trying to you know, reach these constant short-term goals that just burn you out and overdo it really sit down and figure out how do you want to end this? How do you want to tell this story? And where do you want to end? Where do you want to close the book? And just right. focus on, on building that story as opposed to every day, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best every day. I mean, it's a good mentality, but if you don't have a goal and a focus of where you're going, you might be overdoing today, which is going to make it harder for you to get where you want to go tomorrow. Right. 
I, I 100% agree because mainly the thing is you always have to look at the long-term goal with whatever you're doing in the moment, even if it's not baseball, even if you're with your friends, you have to look at what your long-term goal essentially in life is too. And if you're not looking at that goal, you're going to get distracted because yeah, yeah you, cause, you, cause you, you've lost, like it's like running a race, right? If you don't know where you're going, you're going to run off the course. Right. Right. And, and I think that's too many people today because they want instant gratification so they're right. looking for these short little instant goals that they can achieve and it doesn't have a focus of a long-term approach where they want to go and where they want to wind up and then they become frustrated or injured or they quit. Like all these, all the things happen that end careers and the regret is you never really established that long-term goal and you never got to where you wanted to get to. Like I wanted to play professional baseball. So after I tore the rotator cuff, I still wanted to and you know, I never said major league baseball. I said professional baseball. And I walked on a professional baseball field and I wanted to throw 94 miles an hour. I wish I'd have said 99. And I threw 94 miles an hour. You know, I, at the end of the day, I actually wish I would have had longer uh, goals, longer long-term goals. And, but, but still, that, that was important to me because when I achieved those goals, I was very satisfied. And so I think it's a healthier approach, both mentally and physically. And I think it's just getting away and not allowing yourself getting trapped in that instant gratification of, oh, I want to play in this league this year. I want to throw 95 this year. I want to do this because it, it's just it's too much, right? It becomes too obsessive, don't you think? It really is because I remember I heard um, one of the East Coast Sox per- coaches saying, um, we're always looking for the next thing. When you're a freshman in high school, you're looking to make the JV team. When you make the JV team, you're looking to get called up to varsity. When you get called up to varsity, you're looking to get to get an offer. When you get an offer, you're looking to sign. When you're looking to sign, you're looking to play college ball and so forth. And the process just keeps going on. Yep. And 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 I think too many in the business has got you caught up in a lot of that. Like too many people think I've got to play every season you know, in all these teams and I got to go here and I got to go there. And once again, that's distracting you from your long-term goal. If your long-term goal is to play major league baseball one day, you know, you basically got to have a good high school career, find a place, a good college to play in or do really well in high school and get drafted or have a good college career. You don't have to like play in all these showcases all around the world. I mean, that's fun. But that doesn't really mean road to Major League Baseball. If anything, it probably just burns you out and gets you injured young and because it's too obsessive, right? Right. And, I mean, no one's making these kids participate in these showcases. And normally these some of these showcases aren't, like, in really weird – with year-round baseball. I mean, some showcases are worse – are at worse times than others. But from the perspective of – perfect game we strictly enforce pitching rules for an example and our big tournaments are usually are usually in the summer or the end of the fall so there's there's usually a gap and we're not making these kids attend these events by any means but i find it fascinating how some kids feel pressure to go to literally every single event when dude just take a rest it's not going to affect your ranking exactly just see one turn that's a that's a big good that's a great point to make like they need to understand that that's not how it works. It, so they need to spend more time to do their homework and really learn how, you know, how a career lays out. Like find someone that 
you really like at a high level and then try to get as much information on what he did in his career and just try to emulate it. Now, a lot of them you're going to find, you know, because they're a little bit older, those years past, it was more traditional, you know, high school, all, you know, all district and then college All-American and then, you know, top 25 draft pick and then three years through minor league ball. Like the point is you're going to see a pretty, you know, ebb and flow of their career. You're not going to see like played every showcase in America, top ranked, and then played, you know, every all-star game in minor league ball. And then, you know, it's, you're rarely going to find that, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, good, man. Any, any last words? So I think it's a good place to end it. I think that was a really good message. Um, anything you missed out that you wanted to kind of share any last words for those out there that are starting their careers and, and you can give them advice on the, probably the best way to go at this, um, to, to give them, allow them to live their dreams. Um, work hard, be careful of who you listen to and be careful of what you do. Um, and I definitely say just because you're not a pitcher, doesn't mean you can have Tommy John or rotator cuff surgery or something like that, because there's a lot of people out there who are kind of reckless about that. Yeah, I mean, you see, I, Corey Seager had had an injury this year, Tommy John surgery this year, so it, it does exist. Salvador Perez had it a couple of days ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, and so it, once again, it 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 can affect all players, but it has a high probability affecting pitchers, and it's unfortunate, you know, talking to guys like you and I who have had it 17, 18 years old, talking to the guy Trent, I talked to at, at nineteen, he was on his second labrum surgery from you know, high intent weighted ball training at 19, and they had to do a bicep tenodesis, which is where they drill the bicep tendon into the humerus, which Ooh. completely changes how your shoulder works. And he, he was pretty much done and not able to really play baseball at 19 years old. Um, so there's a lot of crazy stories out there today, and it, it way more today when I was, than not when I was playing. So it's becoming more of a problem that kids are blindly jumping into a lot of this training that hasn't been tested, hasn't been proven, and it doesn't have enough information to keep you healthy. And um, it's, it needs, people need to learn, right? Yeah. I definitely say people need to learn and need to take a true off season and where they're not throwing and work on their, work on the th their throwing muscles, their forearm, their scap, their shoulder, bicep, tricep, their back. And also, even when people take time off, I find a lot of times that they're just going right back in as hard as they can 100% day one. Exactly. Like th that throwing progression you talked about, that is a good progression to start a throwing season. Um, and then we like to do with our programming, we do drill-based throwing. A lot of drill-based throwing is not a high-stress throwing because it's in – kind of segmented movements. Uh, we also do these med ball throws, which don't put the stress in your arm. They're two-handed throws. Um, we, like, like you said, we do a lot of total body lifting. It's, you know, it's important to have strong upper body, but we really got to have strong lower half and strong core because it's what we call the kinetic chain. It's like a whip. You don't want a strong end and a weak handle. You, know, you, you really have to build the whole system strong and powerful. So yeah, you, and you need an off season that that's takes time. And if you have no time, you're never going to be able to do that. And like you said, you know, for Chad, your case, you know, you're 17 years old and it's the first time you've taken an off season because you just had to have Tommy John surgery. So yeah. good lesson. And I, and I think many will hear your story, Chad, and learn from it. And it's gonna be good for you. You can look back to this 
uh, as your career gets better. And it'll probably be a great milestone in your career that really helped you change and mature. Um, like any last words, any, anything on your mind uh, you want to end with? Um, thanks for having me. Cool, man. All right. We'll do, we'll stay in touch and, uh, we'll see how you progress through the program. All right. Thank you. And, uh, appreciate it, man. Anytime. Thank you.